We're continuing our series where we're talking to folks about what it means to be the church in the time of COVID. Today, I'm interviewing Maggie Millette, Director of Family Ministries at St. John's Episcopal Church in Columbia, South Carolina. Talk about what it's like to gather with youth, children in new ways, and what her hopes are that we as the body of Christ can learn what it means to follow Jesus as we move forward together. Hope you enjoy this edition of Make, Equip, and Send, the stories that shape EDUSC. All right, so I'm joined today with Maggie Millette, the Director of Family Ministries at St. John Shandon here in Columbia. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, as we talked earlier, this whole the first part of this season is going to be talking to folks in ministry at our congregations and different organizations about ministry in the time of COVID. Um, what's changed? Our, what are our struggles? Where are we seeing God at work? Um, but first, tell me about your ministry. What does a director of family ministries do? Yeah, so Director of Family Ministries, I work with everybody high school and under, so from baptism all the way through graduation, and then, you know, that often leaks into getting people connected on college campuses and making sure they know when they're home for winter break or home because their school is all in line in a pandemic world, that they also have a home here at St. John's. Um, and I've been here a little over a year and a half, I started out part-time with just youth during my senior year of college and then transitioned into full-time that summer. So, Awesome. Uh, yeah. Seems you've probably witnessed a lot of change um, in just your short time, right? Yeah, definitely. And I got here in a big time of transition for the church. They had just called a new rector um, and much of the staff was new or changing. Um, and then, you know, we've had sort of that church stuff that happens walking through ministry with people um, and then pandemic world. So it really does feel like there's been different sort of seasons at St. John's that are discernible. Like this is what we were doing here. This is what we were doing here, um, which is kind of cool. I feel like I've had sort of a crash course in some ways. Absolutely. You've crammed a lot of experience into your 18 months. Yes, that is true. So you start here and you're doing youth group and children's ministry and everything like normal and things are, are going along smooth. And then February happens Yes. and then six months. So tell me what what kind of challenges are you facing um, with children and youth in this time of ministry? What has COVID brought to you all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'd say at the start of coronavirus, there was a lot of kind of hanging on to programs and just, okay, well, we've got EYC. This is what we do. So how do we put that online? We've got Sunday school. How do we put that online? Um, which was great. And it did sort of anchor us and I think made people feel a little maybe more normal. Um, but then we started, well, we hit summer and people were more likely to be hanging out outside with their friends and doing stuff. And Zoom can't compete with that. And I don't really want it to try. I feel like the holistic and spiritual well-being of a child is so related to that community. So finding ways to engage people um, outside of the platform or making the platforms, the virtual platforms, as useful 
as possible. And then also, you know, reworking programs. At some point, uh, the church in general, from adult formation to worship to all these different things, we really started talking about, you know, why do we do these things like this? And do we have to hang on to them in the pandemic? Do we have to hang on to them post-pandemic? Um, so that's been really cool because I think um, general wisdom for someone new in a position is unless something is glaringly bad, you don't change it in the first year. You just wait and see, you write it out. Um, and so I'd really hit just that first year mark where I was supposed to say like, okay, you can change stuff now, like this is you. And then I got this really obvious sort of, here you are, you can change whatever you want, but also, you know, be gentle because everyone is anxious about any changes. So it's been kind of exciting kind of towing lines there, I think. Yeah. Um, and in the midst of these challenges and these changes, um, you know, we as Christians believe God is always at work, even in the muck and the mire. And so where, what are those moments? Are there things that stick out where you've seen, you know, God show up online or what are the blessings that have come out for you uh, during coronavirus? Yeah, I, um, before I answer the question, I've been reading a lot lately about, um, talking about coronavirus as a blessing in disguise, which can be, I think, um, I think in some ways that might be true for my experience, but that is sort of an overlooking kind of way to talk about the thing because for, I mean, many hundreds of thousands of people, it's been a terrible disruptive event. So I think looking at it in that lens, in this past six months, I've just been so grateful to be in this job as a um, very young person. I'm 23. I have so many friends who started those jobs that you take for a year so that you can put it on your resume and move to the next thing. And now they're stuck and they don't feel purposeful. So just generally in my life, there's been that. And then um, I really think that St. John's during this time has the parishioners of St. John's have done some collective work on spiritual formation at home, um, which I'd say this modern Christianity time we've moved away from. You know, you get your spiritual formation in the church, and then you get your sports practices and your schoolwork and all that stuff done at home. And I think St. John's parishioners have been really willing and ready to start talking about that at least. Um, which I think takes a lot of vulnerability. If you didn't grow up learning to do that or you lost it somewhere after you moved out of the house to bring those practices back home is can be frightening. Um, and I have, because we're sort of moving that way here, have done some of it myself as well. And it is frightening. And telling my roommate who um, is a good Sunday churchgoer but doesn't work for the church, you know, this isn't her whole life, um, saying, well, you know, I can't do that, actually, because I've got this last piece of the daily office to do. Um, that kind of stuff has been exciting, I think. Um, exciting. So. Yeah, that's one thing is I've talked with folks and visited places around the diocese to see kind of a, not a redefinition, but a, a reclaiming of the definition of church, mm -hmm. that it's not just the, you know, 75 minutes on a Sunday morning, but that church is what helps shape family life and community life. Um, Absolutely. We had a, a, not really a slogan, just a hashtag last year about being hashtag gathered at St. John's. We gather all the time. I think 
once a month had some kind of a food gathering at the church. And so we haven't been doing that. And we've been talking about making this year's hashtag, hashtag, um, we are the church and we are the church when we are intimate with one another. We are the church from afar. We are the church outside. We're the church. We are always the church, um, which has been cool to um, move to that lens of the whole thing, different perspective. Absolutely. So what, you know, going forward, we've been doing this. We've been the church this way for six months and and people are starting to regather in larger numbers and in different ways. And, and it seems that we see a path forward in whatever new way that looks. So you, in your role at your place, what are your hopes for your ministry in particular for St. John's more collectively? Yeah. Um, well, like you said, we are St. John's is moving more towards in person. We this past week actually started. We did our first youth thing. We had breakfast on the patio at seven. And then yesterday had an alternative Sunday school option, Backyard Bunch, where we walked across. We're in a little neighborhood church. And so we walked across the street to Deacon Margaret Todd's house. And they lit us a campfire. And we talked about the abundance of God's kingdom. Um, and it was wonderful. It felt so good to be there. Um, my general hopes are that we recognize the God's missions for community and how that's so important. And I think that people have, St. John's is a really faithful culture of people who are here and are volunteering and are sending their children. Um, and so it was very habitual, I think. And I'm hoping that people have recognized, as I think I have, that it is more, it's deeper than just the habit. It is it's a place of spiritual need and belonging. Um, and so you're not, I hope that we just recognize that we're not here because, you know, we, our bodies are used to waking up this early on a Sunday and that's where you get your dinner Sunday night. Cause we're not cooking at home like that stuff, but it is great that that gets you to church for sure. Um, but I hope we move to that, um, remembrance of the deeper belonging and community here. Um, I think that's a big hope. And I think, I think we're doing it. I think we're doing that hard work. We have um, really faithful leaders who are thinking about this from a um, circumspective, that might be the word, from the whole, they're looking at the whole thing, um, which has been really fortunate for me as well. It's just kind of a little guy I'm new here um, in the adult world, in the church ministry world. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier um, that you had done some reading on talking about coronavirus. And that leads me to the how I'm going to wrap up most of these um, this season is I want to collect the general wisdom from the folks that that I interview is what what are you learning from? You know, who's teaching you? Are there books? Are there podcasts? Are there what's you know filling in your heart and your mind these days? Yeah, Um a big shift for me, sort of emotionally, spiritually, mentally, has been at the start of the pandemic, there's this huge push for, you know, we're all kind of on vacation. This is a break for all of us. So we're going to use all this found time to be so productive and get back in shape and all that kind of stuff. And I was here for it. I 
was doing all this stuff. I was running all the time. I was really committed to all these spiritual practices, but I was wearing myself out. There was no gentleness. And so for myself, and I also think for the way that I would hope to minister to people and to be a part of the church, just the spirit of gentleness, but then in a more physical, literal way of things I'm learning from, I recently, well, a few months ago, um, bought the Social Justice Bible Challenge, which is a 40-day journey um, looking at different passages from scripture about social justice. And it starts out kind of slamming Episcopalians and saying, you know, we are so intellectual and we're so proud of it, but we are Bible illiterate. Um, And then it talks about how the world, how we think of these kind of hot button things in the Bible, like sexuality and um, all these things is like, they are the hot topic, but that um, social justice is talked about dozens, like multiplied by dozens times more than these other things. Um, and so it's these 40 days of scripture and reflection and then questions. And I started out reading the scripture and the reflection, and now I'm on, I'm reading it a second time and answering the first question, and then I'll read it a third time and answer the last question. And that's been really cool to get just more familiar with these things and looking at them from an explicitly social justice light. So I've really enjoyed picking up that practice. Good. And that brings to mind, I think you and I have talked about this in the past, but y'all in the last couple of months, your youth group did some work around racial reconciliation, right? Didn't y'all do one of the curriculums that out there? I'm just I'm curious to have you reflect on what's it like to talk about social justice? What's it like to talk about these issues with teenagers? Yeah, absolutely. We did the Linton, but not in Lent, uh, Becoming Beloved Community. And I kind of went off script for some of it because it was Lent heavy and it was not exactly for youth and for the age that I was doing it with. But um, we had a good time with it. We you know, and I know this, I grew up in Mississippi, um, in Oxford and as an Episcopalian. So all these kind of confusing nuances to where I'm from, but, you know, you don't really talk about race. And so a huge part of the practice I think was learning to be able to say for having these middle schoolers and high schoolers say, yeah, all my friends are white. Like even those things are hard to learn just to say, Um, And you feel like that's implicating you as some racist and that you have chosen to have all these white friends. And so you don't want to say it. And so just I think we laid a really a foundation of, you know, it is this is a safe place to say just these little things that are true about your life. And then we can address historically why that those things might be true. Um, But I think it was a lesson for everybody just learning to talk about it and to be comfortable and know that you're not being accused of something, but you do live and you live in something. You are a part of this world. So it was, it was exciting. Um, It was hard to do over Zoom, but I hope that it leads us into these in-person fruitful conversations. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a start. And we've, you know, in these last couple months as our society is kind of embarked on an, a new 
reckoning with racial justice. We've had congregations that have started book groups and have done these things over Zoom. And and my hope and prayer is that this can continue. And as we can regather in person, that we continue to have these conversations. And you're the first youth group that that I know about. There may be others across the diocese doing this work, but I really commend you and the students there for wrestling with this. Yeah, well, thanks. I was just really grateful to be part of a tradition that I was able to say we are doing Becoming Beloved Community. It is the Episcopal Church's commitment to racial justice, healing, and reconciliation. Like that I wasn't having to create something that fit with my tradition and my context and all of this that I am backed up um, by this tradition that I'm a part of. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time today. We'll continue to, yeah, pray for you and St. John's and and your ministry there. And I look forward to seeing, you know, how those hopes that you have play out. Thank you. I'm excited. It'll, you know, it'll happen the way it should happen. Um, And that's what we've got to pray for, at least. Thank you. Yeah. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you.